You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, all about shedding our limiting labels and beliefs so we can all live our dreams and shine our light into the world. This week, we are joined by Amela Knight. Amela has a really interesting story, which we'll get to later, but she has a goal to be someone, that someone that helps people to get to know themselves on a deeper level, and then to move through and beyond the patterns that keep us stuck in life. She understands firsthand about the pain that comes from not knowing how to handle destructive habits and routines that originate from not knowing your inner self and how it affects your life. In fact, it was her desiring the approval of one of her peers that actually landed her in one of her most abusive situations in life. And it was also the Enneagram that helped her climb out of that space to know herself and ultimately to heal. And she learned to never value anyone else's approval over her own self-worth, to stand in her truth in spite of the intimidating feelings that come when her truth does not necessarily appease or please other people. And it was her process that inspired her to pursue certification training as an Enneagram coach so that she could become a blessing for others. And and we're going to talk about that. And she was also raised by her mom. Um, So the Enneagram was not her mom who was into the Enneagram. So it wasn't brand new to her. So um, which is pretty powerful. I'm not sure as many people could say that about themselves. So it gives um, Amela a different perspective. And so we're going to talk more about her process, her certification training, and how we can use the Enneagram tools to help our family struggles. And then one other little thing about her, for those of you who know the Enneagram and may resonate, she is a type four, and she understands the Enneagram, families in the Enneagram, and individuals in the Enneagram. So she's a great guest. I'm super happy to have her on the show. We had to reschedule when she wasn't feeling well a couple of weeks ago. Um, so welcome, Amela. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Sarah? I'm well also. I'm glad that you're better and that we are getting to speak today. Um, four is one of my wings. And so I like talking with fours because I get to see things I can learn from and level up on myself. But as all my guests know, um, either before or after the interview, is I do like to start by asking this question. And that is, is there something that you do every day that keeps you focused on your true purpose and calling? Absolutely. I pray. That is the number one thing I do in the morning. And do you carve out time for that so that you're not disturbed? Or do you have a routine? I do. I carve out time for that specifically. And how has that helped you? It's helped me to meditate on what my heart is feeling with certain situations. And we're in, um, let's say, 
problems that are distracting me. Mm -hmm. And it helps me to turn them into equations and then apply what I learned from everything to resolve the situation. Wow. Now, I've never heard it expressed quite that way to take a problem, turn it into equation, a, a solution, an equation rather, and then apply knowledge to that. I like that. Very cool. All right. So before we talk about you um, and the Enneagram, let's talk about how you even got here a little bit more about your journey. And you said that you were raised into the Enneagram by your mom, who helped you to continue healing. What was that like? And what does that mean to be raised into the Enneagram? It means that your parents are wanting to get to know you on a level at such a young age that almost saves your life in a way to where it inspires you later to do this very same thing for yourself and get you out of the fire, <laughs> per se. Now, were your parents, had they studied the Enneagram? Did they know their own types? My mother studied the Enneagram. She studied numerology and she studied the zodiacs, both sides. And I know that for a very long time, she wasn't sure what I was. And so she could see all this potential for me and she'd go ahead and start correcting things that I would do at such a young age. And I'd be very hard on myself about it. Now, that was um, where she feels like she was silly. Because she later learned that I was a four. <laughs> now, now, wait, what did she think you were initially, did you say? Initially, she thought I was a one. Oh, that's different. Indeed. So just tell our audience a little bit about the distinction between a one and a four. So... What's interesting is the ones are a dominant go-getter and they're more than willing to be present and confident and they make sure to get their tasks done and organized and they have a lot of should be doing. Whereas the four is very deep and wanting to be very close and artistically approached and recognized for who they feel they are uniquely. And it's just, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing because I was doing things, I loved organizing, but I did it to where it looked weird or it looked different. And I would even um, find ways to draw on bags and tape them to the walls. So I wasn't drawing on the walls clothes. So you and were adding your own unique artistic bent to things as, for you, mundane as organizing, right? Yes. I can organize, but guess what? It's going to be very unique. Yes. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you talked about learning how not to value other people's opinions of you or seeking approval from others and how that put you in a dark spot or a deep hole. Can you, are you willing to share a little bit about that with our audience so that we can talk about how you shifted out of that? Absolutely. Um, wow. That started a long time ago, I think, for me. And it was at kind of a young age. My family was almost too pressuring and they always had a certain 
mindset about how the world works. And it wasn't the way that my world worked. And I wanted their love, I wanted their approval. And this was an interesting time for me to where I, I actually got scared and I didn't decide to take the path where I put in the work to be recognized for who I am. And I thought maybe if I go along with what they say, they'll still recognize me. And that was actually a very toxic decision. And that went on for a long time. Um, it really wasn't until I really looked at how different my viewpoint was from theirs that I really started to see that this is hurting who I really am and this is hurting who I'm to become. So how did you, so there's that intellectual knowledge, right? And then there's the feeling knowledge about it. Like you knew it wasn't right for you. So how did you move from understanding that it wasn't good for you, for you to get the knowledge or the help that you needed to start taking the steps so that you weren't stuck there? Wow. Oh, wow. Um, I definitely started with the Enneagram. I definitely started to get to know more and more about fours, about how they really do live in life and where they feel trapped, where they feel free, where they've made their mistakes and where they dive too deep. And I decided that um, I was diving too deep into approval with my loved ones. And I felt like that was loving them as well. And the truth is, is that you need to draw a line and love you and who you are individually first before you could ever do an act of love for the people around you. And that was a very hard pill for me to swallow, seeing as how um, my family's very, very industrious, fast-paced business, and I'm very slow, wanting things to shine at their own pace. Now, do you know your family members' numbers, where they are on the Enneagram? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> My so, dad, yes. Go ahead. My dad is a six, and my mother is a two. My sister is a three, and I'm not certain what my grandparents are, but I'm guessing a six as well. Just from kind of how they show up? Yes. <laughs> so a two, a three, and a four are all in the heart triad. Right. So you yeah. share some things in common and yet you're very different. Very much. And that's that's so incredibly experienced, actually. <laughs> um, it, we look like we can just be one easy family in the books and everything. But when you really start experiencing it with other threes and other twos, it's wow, it's a different story. It's been an adventure. So give me an example. Um, Amela, from that, because you're right. You when I think one of the things you said that is, and I want to highlight it, is we can be the same number as somebody. We can even have similarities, like being in the same triad with somebody, and yet we show up different because we have different experiences, 
filters, those types of things. So when you first realize that how you were not acknowledging yourself as a four, what were some of the first steps you took to be, to like put a stake in the ground and say, this is who I am? Wow. Um, my first step I took was, so threes love to achieve and they love to continue in doing good work. And it got to the point where my sister has needed encouragement to stop working and start enjoying things. And I was a little um, scared to leave her, actually. I wanted to do things with her so she felt she had company. Then I realized I was feeding the wrong fire. And so I separated myself. I started just play videos on the TV and she'd be working at the table with paper. And then she'd st suddenly start laughing from the video as the audio was leaking into the dining room. And little actions like this, I noticed the more I enjoy what I enjoy, I can help others at the same time to break free from where they feel trapped. But you wouldn't have done that had you been thinking you needed to entertain her, right? Had that That's been your right. focus. Yep. That's right. All right. So, um, so that's one example of your personal transformation, right? What led you from studying the Enneagram for yourself and like breaking free to wanting to become certified so that you could coach others? Oh, wow. Um, I think it was, it was probably that realization that I had with this one friend who just would die for my approval. And she made it seem like it was the world to her. And I went with it for a, an unhealthy amount of time. And I realized that that was because neither she nor I knew ourselves at all. And um, she was in college. I was still kind of trying to figure myself out where I wanted to be. And she kept inviting me to do all these things with her. And she even was inviting me to move to Japan with her. And I thought to myself, well, I don't know. And so for a long time, I thought about it. And I thought, this must happen to every young adult. And this must happen to every adult as well, where they reach a point where they're invited to do things that they're not sure if that's them. And I realized that I was scared because I realized that a lot of those choices could create regret. And that was something I think the most that I wanted to prevent for people was to give them a chance to have a future that they've always wanted with themselves. And that would probably be one of my number one passions would be to help them transform and choose who they really are, what they would really do. Besides the confusion of the approval that we have out in the world. So pretend that I'm a new person working with you okay. and I, I reach out to you either on Instagram or wherever you decide. And I reach out and I say, Hey, I'm interested in working with you because I'd also feel I, I may be making my decisions for the wrong reason or talk to me about how you would work with me. What kind of process would I be going through with you? Oh, wow. 
Um, definitely the first process would be getting to just know your establishments, the decisions you've made and the decisions you want to make, and then giving you a little bit of homework on who you believe you are and who you would love to be. And definitely starting with just letting go of everything you think is approved. Give me an example. An example would be letting go of, let's say, everything in their household is approved for being clean and for being good and nice. So let's just say we're going to say there's no rules as of this moment for cleanliness or goodness or nice. And you can be whatever you desire to venture to be. And without any kind of esteem, without any kind of approval, it's just you're remaining searching. And that's, that's what I love is the deep and the way that you can remove the kind of like lock that people tend to have with their workspace, with their education and with their families. What has been, um, first of all, thank you for that, because I would have to say for a long time, like, you know, you have your own space. So when it's your space and you are in control of your space, you can have it however you want, right? Then you invite <laughs> other people into your space, either through relationships or fam whatever. But then all of a sudden your space is encroached on. And I yeah. had to, I really, what you just said about letting it be okay, I had mental conversations. Some people will tell you I just kind of went off the rails a little, but I really had to let go of stuff and go, I know my preference would be for everything to be perfect, but guess what? Do I care enough to make it perfect? I don't. I think that like <laughs> I'm supposed to care enough, but honestly, when people go, oh yeah, you know, they'll say, oh, my house is always clean. I'm thinking not mine. I live where there's wind. That means <laughs> dust. I have animals. That means hair. So yes, it's clean, it's sanitary, but it is not perfect. And so I just think about that freedom that you're talking about to just be okay with who you are and be, it sounds like really being authentic with who you are after you know who you are. Is that right? That's, that's correct. So how long does it take me to get from where I am coming in the door talking to you to where I'd be able to go, oh, that feels better. It's actually an incredible question because for me, when I was breaking out of approval, it took me a long time. It took me actually diligent days of just realizing this is how I feel today and recognizing that with me, whether it was good, whether it was bad, I was okay with it. And I went throughout my day realizing that I'm processing this. It isn't stuck. It feels stuck, but it's being processed. And so I would say, as everyone out there works differently, it would depend on your individual cup of tea. Yep. Well, and to recognize, like you're saying, I'm going through this. It kind of, in, to me, it's kind of like, things moving past and not saying that's me. I'm just having this experience at the moment and I'm uncomfortable or it's great, whatever. Um, but not getting too hung up in it and having it to be um, 
a certain way. So when you talk about your emotions and how you feel about things, and this is something I think about a lot, um, Amela, is do you distinguish between those, how we're feeling and how we're thinking in terms of how it affects our choices? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yes, completely. The, um, that's actually very fascinating that you bring that up because my sister has a very hard time with this. As she's a three and she'll let her feelings most of the time deceive her with a lot of relationships and she'll think that this or that went on because she feels that way about that relationship and that's not that's not the case at all. And so I believe that when it comes to feelings and thought, the more knowledge we have, the more power we have over both. And the deeper we bring that knowledge into understanding, the better we'll be with our current feelings and our current thoughts. Um, for instance, some people have a very hard time with, let's say, depression, let's say, funk. And I know that I was there just two weeks ago. I was in a very deep and very melancholy depression. <laughs> and it turns out, my mother, she just put her hand on my shoulder and she gently said, believe. And that was it. I just needed to believe that things would work out. And this, these feelings, this depression that I have isn't the truth about my current situations. It's about overcoming. I think when we come to terms with our feelings and our thoughts, and when they get into chaos, we're really just repositioning the compass once we get to know our situation better. Our situation and ourselves. And how great for you that you had someone who was in tune enough to what was going on with you to touch you and say a word that would trigger something specific for you. Right? Yes. Not just for J random public, but for you. <laughs> Incredibly so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So when you are um, growing yourself, you know, like I think about all of us, all of us, I'm, that's a big assumption, not all of us, but I know for myself, I constantly have people I learn from, I'm mentoring from, some of them are in the online space, some are in my daily life. So do you have a particular mentor or someone who helps you continue to grow in your own either self-awareness and your professional? You know, um, as of right now, I'm having my mother help me. So say a little more about how that relationship works, because that, Absolutely. think about it, there's the mom-daughter, and then there's <laughs> the mentor, mentee. So how do you guys, how does that work? Well, that's fascinating that you compare that, because there are a couple times throughout me and hers relationship where she's like, I don't know which one to be today. Do you want me to be mentor or do you want me to be mom? And I'm like, I'm looking for mentor. <laughs> so in every way, she has been a wonderful and perfect mother. And she has helped me through very hard times. But I think where her value is with our relationship is incredibly both. So as a mentor, 
she was able to guide me through the Enneagram, guide me through what a four is really like and where I'm stuck and where I'm deciding to be stuck. But as a mother, uh, she would tell me that the dishes needed washing and that I needed to get started on dinner because she's going to be late. <laughs> Different relationships. Yeah. Yes. Well, and not every relationship would be safe enough. Um, and I don't mean that disparagingly, but um, your mom seems to have a special interest and a gift in helping people understand themselves, both from the Enneagram and then when you talk about numerology and astrology, also from other spiritual um, realms. That's right. So she has some of her own good boundaries already in place. That's correct. All right. She's gotten to know herself very well. <laughs> so um, I wanted to also ask you, and her, your mom's name, did she, did she encourage you? Did your mom encourage you to enroll for certification or did you discover that on your own? I actually discovered this on my own. And I thought that was really neat because she usually encourages me for certain things. And one day I thought, you know, I think I will just go ahead and pray about my next step in life and where I need to go with my passion. And I came across suddenly the Enneagram and being able to be certified online. I thought, this is great. This is an incredible opportunity. And it took a lot of actual convincing with her, actually. It did? In what way? Um, in a way to where she's, she's not much of an online person. And so doing an online coaching thing instead of in person was an interesting suggestion. And so, but I believe that no matter where you are, whether it's online or in person, it's still making a difference. So continuing with the certification and continuing with the education, it was wonderful to go into depth and learn even more. So who do you like working, like do you have a particular type of person that you typically work with or enjoy working with most? You know, um, I actually don't. I, I have a pretty open world about that. So anybody who wants to reach out because you feel like the right connect to them can just reach out. Absolutely. So where is the best place for people to reach out to you? How is the easiest way for them to get a hold of you? Let me see. They can try info at personalcompass.us. And that should be best. All right. And then um, I just want to make note of that because I had something different for you. And so I'm glad to have this as a contact space for you um, so people can reach out. Um, and if people do reach out, is there a free resource or something you'd like to offer listeners? Absolutely. Um, you know, every first trial is free. So we can just do a first session and see where you are, see if you like what you got. Nice. And that, and they can sign up for that at that website, right? Or the info yeah. at, they could request it from you at info at. Yes. Nice. 
Okay, one last question for you. If you were thinking back to the Amela you were at eight years old, <laughs> what advice would you give yourself at that time about the road ahead and navigating wow. it? Um, I would tell her to hang on and to remember who she is so that she can truly know that she's already free. Okay, repeat that. That was powerful. So say that one more time. Sure. I would tell her to hang on to remember who she really is so that she knows she's already free. Okay. So listeners, I don't know how you could say it any more powerful than that because we are already free. We need to <laughs> hang on and trust our, ourselves, but get to know ourselves. Amela, thank you so much for being a guest on the No Labels, No Limits podcast. I've really enjoyed getting to meet you in quote unquote in person on Zoom. <laughs> and um, I wish you all the best going through 2022 and beyond. I think you bring a powerful story and experience for others to learn and grow from. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. It's my pleasure for certain. <laughs> You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.